We've had phone calls before from hospital social workers or from police saying this person needs to get to the hospital, but they're refusing to go and asking us if we can come and get the dog and get them into foster care. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you're listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, Peace of Mind Dog Rescue co-founders Carrie Broker and Monica Rua tell us how the organization serves senior dogs and senior people. Their perpetual care program is something every dog owner needs to check out. If you're new to Dog Words, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. You can support Rosie Fund by making a donation on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website, buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com, or buying our note cards featuring Rosie and Peaches and our shirts on barkyours.com. Links are in the description. Your donations and purchases help fund the Rosie Life Starter Kits that make sure these senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have some of the items they'll need in their forever home. Any donation amount is greatly appreciated, but here are some popular levels. $30 provides a collar and leash for a Rosie Life Starter Kit dog, and $100 covers their entire kit. You can also support Rosie Fund by downloading, subscribing, rating, and most importantly, sharing dog words. Follow us on social media, even if you aren't looking for a dog. Watching and sharing the videos helps our channel gain exposure, bringing awareness to our cause, and giving shelter dogs much-needed attention. Our free Rosie Fund YouTube channel offers great videos of Rosie, peaches, and shelter dogs looking for their forever home. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions, especially if you have an idea for a topic or guest. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. Next time on Dog Words, author and animal welfare advocate Janet Curran introduces us to an extraordinary shelter dog. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today on Dog Words, we have Carrie Broker, Executive Director and Co-Founder of Peace of Mind Dog Rescue, along with Monica Rua, the President and Co-Founder of Peace of Mind Dog Rescue. Welcome to Dog Words. Thank you for having us. Thank you. When I found out about Peace of Mind Dog Rescue, I thought what a wonderful way to help not only dogs, but people. And working with Rosie Fund, our motto is we save each other. So obviously this fits with that. But even with helping a dog get adopted, we're always so happy for the dog and there's tears of joys, especially if it's a dog that's had challenges in getting adopted. But we overlook sometimes the very tangible and important benefits for the adopter or the person who is with the dog, whether it's an adoption or even just obviously a service animal arrangement. Peace of Mind Dog Rescue seems to be an organization that has a wonderful grasp on that larger picture, not just the dogs, but others that are involved in the rescue. So tell our listeners what Peace of Mind Dog Rescue is doing for its community. Our mission statement is that we are a resource and advocate for senior dogs and senior people. And so we do that in a number of ways. One of the things that we do is we help senior people who are having trouble walking their dog, 
because of mobility issues or an illness or an injury. So we have dog walking brigades. So we try to keep dogs and their people together for as long as possible. And then we also have temporary foster care for senior people or people who are hospitalized or have had an injury and need just a place for their dog to go. Sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's three or four months so that they can then be reunited with each other. So one of the things we really want to do is preserve the animal human bond so that dogs aren't given up as much as possible. But then we also, and Monica, I'll let you speak to this, do rescue senior dogs who do need to come into the program. And before we talk about rescuing the dogs, I'd like to point out how heartbreaking it is that for so long, the two primary options for the situations you were just describing are the person has to give up the dog or the dog just gets neglected. Obviously, neglect is not a good option, but even giving up the dog to put it with another family You talk about the human-animal bond. That is crushing for the human and for the dog. And I don't know why it took us so long to figure this out, but if there's one thing we can do to keep them together, let's do that one thing. And often it is just that one thing. A mobility issue, I can't walk my dog. This dog needs to be walked. Dog walking brigade or... I need to be in the hospital for a couple weeks or a couple months, but I can still afford to have my dog fed and taken care of, and then I'll be back instead of because of this two weeks, I have to lose my dog. So if we can just take care of that one thing, it makes a world of difference in multiple lives, the lives of the people and the lives of the animals. So thank you for that. And then, yes, Monica, tell us more about the dog rescue component of Peace of Mind. We also rescue senior dogs from the shelters. Those are, as you know, are very difficult to get adopted. They're the ones that are overlooked. They're the ones that probably something happened to their person and the dog ends up at the shelter. So we do try to take those in and put them in foster homes, find new homes for them. But piggybacking on what you said about how crushing it is to have to give up your dog, it it certainly is. And unfortunately, we can't always keep them together. There comes a point where the person dies and they can no longer care for their dog and their daughter or son, whoever's left, can't keep this dog. Or they go into a nursing home that they absolutely cannot take this dog The one benefit here with peace of mind, or one of the benefits, is that we are there for them instead of them having to take this dog to the shelter, where the dog is absolutely confused of why they ended up there after having this life with this person. And it is heartbreaking when these people come and have to give up the dog to us, but countless times they tell us how even though this is so difficult and they're breaking down crying, we're all crying, actually. Everybody there is crying. You, can, you, you can't not do that because it is so emotional. But at least they know that they're coming into a family. This dog is going into a loving foster home. And every dog that comes into our care, we treat as our own. And we really want them in the perfect foster home for this dog and then looking for that perfect adoptive home. Your organization is aptly named. You already knew that. If you're going into a nursing home, there's a lot of stress in that your life is changing in ways that I could not possibly imagine. 
But like you said, just to know that my dog isn't going into a kennel. It's going yeah. into a loving family and uh, one less thing to be stressed about. Yes, it's still heartbreaking. It's still goodbye. But uh, there's a future for that dog. And uh, its owner knows that. Yeah. And often when we do have a family member who brings us the dog because they're, you know, sometimes it's a father or an uncle or mother or sister who has passed away. And that family member is going through the grief of the loss, plus all of the estate stuff that you have to take care of and death certificates and all kinds of administrative bureaucratic stuff that people have to deal with with the death. And even if they are a huge dog lover, often the dog is now their the lowest priority. They're trying to take care of all of this other stuff, working through their own grief. And when they bring that dog to us, they do over and over again, like Monica said, they actually say, this has brought me so much peace of mind. And they usually say that with that. And I was like, well, that's why the name of our organization <laughs> we is know Peace what we're of doing. Mind, because people say that to us over and over again. And sometimes I know you were saying that that neglect is never the best option, but often with senior people, there is an element of neglect that happens towards the end. They're struggling to take care of themselves and they have this dog. They may have financial issues, but sometimes it's just maybe not having all of their mental faculties anymore. The dog isn't getting groomed anymore. The dog hasn't been to the vet in a while. So even these dogs who have been in a very, very loving home, somebody who really took good care of them when they were healthy and younger, as they've aged together, we do get dogs who haven't seen a vet in many years and they have terrible teeth and they might have eye issues that are going on that the person didn't notice and you know nails that have overgrown. So I know that often if a dog like that ends up in a shelter, people might judge that person, whoever had that dog. Mm -hmm. But we've seen over and over again that these are loving people who have loved this dog and they just were not able to keep up with the care anymore. I also wanted to mention, because we've talked about the walking brigades and the temporary foster care, that we also do have a financial assistance program because sometimes that is what's necessary to keep a dog and the person together is they just need a little bit of help, $250, $500 to get a dog to a vet for, you know, some kind of wound care or something that's going on, some sort of exam or diagnostic. And um, that also is another way that we help to keep the, the dogs and the people together as long as possible. Before anyone judges uh, the executor of an estate too harshly, especially when it's a family member, it's like, well, just take care of the dog. It's what their human would have wanted. We had attorney Trish Lincoln on a while back talking about the importance of estate planning for your pets. Don't just assume that your family is going to take care of the pet. And that's not because the family might be bad people. There's all kinds of reasons that it's just not a fit. This is not what's best for the dog. Maybe they have as many dogs as they can handle. Maybe they're not a dog person. Not everyone is. Maybe they live someplace where they can't have the dog. Maybe their lifestyle is not what that dog would be used to. Too active, not active enough. Finding it the right home is much better. But certainly any planning you can do ahead of time 
for your pet is going to help with that. Yes, it does have to be just, again, I'm going to overuse. Well, I don't think it's overusing the phrase peace of mind. It's because you guys did a good job choosing the name of your organization. Peace of mind for that family member or the executor of the estate. To the best of their ability, they are doing what that person would have wanted, finding the best life they can for that dog. And that best life may not be, probably isn't, with the person who's handling the settling of the estate. So your dog walking brigade and your other volunteers, how broad is your geographic footprint? Who do you serve? We serve the Tri-County area, um, Monterey County, San Pedro County, and Santa Cruz County. But we do make exceptions sometimes around if there's somebody really having trouble placing a senior dog. And we know that it's the kind of dog that we can really help placing. So we might help out another rescue, help out another individual. But mostly it's our Tri-County area that we're helping. And how does someone become... I was going to say, we typically are walking dogs for 15 to 20 people at a time. And that's usually one walk every day, seven days a week. We have a lot of volunteers who really, really love doing that. They're not in the position where they can foster a dog and they want to help and they want to have hands-on experience with the dogs. So the dog walking and brigades is a great outlet for those volunteers to be able to really feel like they're helping that dog. And then they also get to know the person and these beautiful relationships come out of that. And sometimes when that person does end up passing away, one of the volunteers from the dog walking brigade will end up being the person to adopt, which is really beautiful. That is beautiful. It's wonderful that the dog already knows that person, knows those smells, a little easier transition for them. How does someone become a volunteer and what are all the volunteer opportunities? Are there any beyond dog walkers? It's just anybody who expresses interest, fills out an application and tells us about their interest. We have so many volunteer opportunities. It's fostering, helping with grooming, helping with behavior, helping in the office, helping in the clinic, some hands-on work, some non-hands-on work, computer work. So there's something for everybody, definitely. And so we basically, through the application, then they get a phone call where we're really trying to match them with what they want to do, what their strengths are, and, and what our needs are. And then we also, a big part when somebody signs up for a volunteer, we have all their email lists and we do lots of basically almost daily asking, can you transport, one example is can someone transport from here to here or get this dog out of the shelter and bring it here? And within minutes, you get 10 people saying they'll do it. So there, there's people that just kind of sit on that mailing list and, and, and uh, when they can do it, they just step up and they do it. We do have over 1,300 volunteers right now. And one of the things that people say they really love about Peace of Mind is that they can do something once a year or they can do something every single day. And unless they move away or ask us to come off of the mailing list, we keep them on the volunteer roster, on the volunteer list, because those volunteers are also our ambassadors. So they see notices of every dog that needs a foster home. And if they're, they are also all networking. So it's this beautiful ripple effect that happens with our volunteers. We'll often, you know, send out an email about a dog that needs a foster home. And one of our volunteers knows somebody who wants to adopt that dog. 
So it's, it's pretty magical feeling having the, the support that we do. Anyone who operates a shelter or rescue group will tell you, yes, we need people to walk dogs. Yes, we need people to foster dogs. But if that's all we had, we would not be able to stay in operation. There's all these other vital needs like transporting dogs and uh, cleaning kennels and doing paperwork, having computer skills. You can probably offer something that you didn't even realize a rescue group or a nonprofit needed until you become part of that network. And then you find out if we had a filing cabinet, it's like, I have an empty filing cabinet in my basement that I was going to put on Craigslist. I'll give it to you. Boom. You've just helped the organization without touching a dog. And then also part of the network, I like that you mentioned that uh, just knowing this dog needs a foster. I can't foster, but hey, I know somebody. Or this dog now needs a new home. I know somebody who's looking for that kind of dog. So just being part of the network. And also, I get this all the time. Listeners know that we work with KC Pet Project, and they can never have enough dog walkers. It's like, well, I'd only be able to get in there once a week, maybe every other week. It's like, okay, well, that's an hour once a week or every other week that would otherwise not have been covered. So I'm sure you have many instances where one less volunteer and this dog's not getting walked. Like we could always use one more person, one more shift, even if you can only do one shift a week. That's definitely true. And definitely we always tell our volunteers that, I mean, they're the heart and soul of what we do because without them, we can't do anything. And so we really appreciate the volunteers and their time. And again, if it's once a month that you can come out and do something, that's a huge help. And uh, definitely for our dog walking brigades, even though we do have a really good solid base, sometimes if somebody lives kind of on the outskirts of town in a less populated area, we might have trouble find, you know, we might only be able to find somebody to walk that dog for that person twice a week instead of every day. So every little bit helps and every little bit counts. And um, Monica is a really wonderful prime example of a volunteer who does a ton of stuff that most people would never even think about because she has a computer background and her husband has a computer background. So they do a lot of our techie kind of stuff and website stuff and, and all kinds of things that people may not think about as far as the needs for a nonprofit. But so we do try to, on our volunteer application list, you know, do you have a PR background, grant writing, photography, all of these things that may not have anything to do with dogs that people have skills. And some people, sometimes people will call us and say, I'm an electrician. Do you need anything? And we make note of that. That My favorite example is, uh, I believe this was the first time we had Melissa's second chances on, and they have a small brick and mortar that has a lawn that needs to be mowed. To be up to city mm-hmm. code, they have to keep their lawn mowed. And if I am mowing a lawn, well, then I'm not walking a dog. So we need more people so that someone can be walking dogs while someone else is mowing the lawn. And you don't think about a rescue group needs a landscaper. So hopefully right. a landscaper or someone who just wants to teach their teenager how to have a job 
there, you've got someone mowing lawns. How do your uh, seniors, the human seniors, find peace of mind, dog rescue? It's word of mouth, social media. We send out HTML emails through vet clinics, a lot through vet clinics. There'll be a lot of senior clients that they'll lose a dog and their vet will tell them you should check out peace of mind because you probably don't want a puppy go there and and not and we can find that right match that happens a lot as well i hadn't thought about that when most people lose a pet whether it's unexpected or just through old age they go through the grieving process and then maybe eventually look at adopting again but as important as the dogs are in my life, for a senior, many of them, that is their strongest emotional attachment, that they're living with this dog, they're growing old together. To have that referral from a vet or just somebody who knows that peace of mind dog rescue is there to help with that matchmaking, to find the right dog for them at a time of, of need, and not to sound too morbid or, or, or fatalistic, I'm in no hurry for the next dog. I'm going to wait for the right dog to pick me. But you get to a certain age where I don't have time to wait for that dog to find me. We need a little help. The other end of adoption where what a difference it makes to that senior person when you adopt them the right dog. And you had talked about this before about how they're basically saving each other. Mm -hmm. And this person lost her husband and also lost her dog. Um, And she lost her husband six months prior, and then the dog passed away. And when the dog passed away, she called me crying, saying she needs another dog right away. This was all she had. This was her joy. And she actually lived in an assisted living that allowed for a dog to be there. So we placed another dog with her, and her life lit up again. So did everybody, everybody at the assisted living. It's this very outgoing dog, perfect personality fit there. This dog is by her side all the time when it's not going off getting snacks from the other people. But it's just this true love bond, this person that knew she needed another companion, and they, they saved each other. It's, it's just it's really beautiful. I'm guessing that beautiful story is not the exception or just a highlight. It sounds like peace of mind is creating those stories all the time. That's part of the reason you do all this hard work. I was fostering this dog, um, this little rat terrier, very, very gentle girl. She had bladder cancer. So it was a difficult adoption, but, um, and she was about 10 years old. This adopter saw the video, fell in love, shared with me that she lost her husband and that she was just really needing something to fill that void. So she saw the video and thought, this is the dog for me. So she came, met her, and she has told me that this dog uh, just saved her life. Absolutely. And I look at it the other way as well. Well, her name was Bibi. She ended up passing away, and I knew that, but I wasn't going to, you know, ask her, are you ready for another dog? I just, you know, I was just very sad for her. But then I was fostering another rat terrier. Very sad story. This dog was found, like, under a tree, unable to walk. When I got it into my care, I actually was not taking a lot of pictures and video because I thought this dog who was in such bad shape wasn't going to make it. But lo and behold, with the right medical care, this dog started walking again. 
still, you know, a quirky walking. So his name was Grandpa Joe. And the reason his name was Grandpa Joe is because they named him that, hoping he would get his golden ticket and begin to walk again, like uh, uh-huh. Charlie and the Chocolate Effect. So he, in fact, did. He started walking again. We made another video, and she saw the video, said right away, I wasn't going to adopt another dog because I'm still grieving BB, but I saw this dog. I just have to have this dog. This is such a special individual because she saw right through both of these dogs, whatever ailments they had, whatever limitations they had. She didn't care that Grandpa Joe was blind. She didn't care that he couldn't walk very well. And she takes him to, she, she works in a school. She takes him to school. All the kids love on this dog. And he's just having, he's having such a huge life. And it's just, a, it's a beautiful partnership that they have. And and I just believe they, they, they both saved each other. And that's what she says as well. Every one of those people, and of course the dogs as well, have to feel so fortunate that they found Peace of Mind Dog Rescue. So thank goodness for the vet referrals, or in this case, just repeat business. And sometimes uh, senior services or social workers will refer seniors to us who, who need help. Recently, a vet clinic reached out to us about a man with his 15-year-old dog. The man was hit by a car and has two broken legs and is in the hospital for we don't know how long until he's going to be able to walk again. So his 15-year-old dog is now in foster care with us and his sister is coming to visit the dog because the dog was very depressed. These two were together all the time, but he's enjoying getting photos and video and updates about his dog. And we're hoping that they can be reunited before too long, but it might be a little bit of a long haul for him before he's able to get out of the hospital. That has to help his healing because if he were stressed that my dog is now in a shelter because I'm in the hospital... But instead, he's seeing pictures of his dog being cared for. Yeah. Right. And as we know, some seniors, something happens to them. They refuse to go to the hospital because of the dog that they have at home. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do with them? So we're happy to be there for those cases as well. Yeah. We've had phone calls before from hospital social workers or from police saying this person needs to get to the hospital, but they're refusing to go and asking us if we can come and get the dog and get them into foster care. You serve a three-county area in California. We have listeners all over the world, so this can grow. You don't have to grow it. Keep doing what you're doing where you're at. But hopefully there's listeners out there who maybe have been wanting to do something for their community, wanting to do something for animal welfare, and a traditional rescue group or shelter just isn't practical for them. This is something that a person could set up that you don't need a brick and mortar. You need that network of volunteers. It can start at any size because if you help one senior, you're doing a good thing. But then it's scalable. So what advice would you have to any of our listeners around the world who think, we want to follow that model. Peace of mind, dog rescue has inspired me. What's your advice to them? Well, this is a good question because it's been coming up a lot recently, people finding out about what we do and asking how can we do this in our community. And we did, I mean, Peace of Mind started with five board members and one volunteer. And we started with helping one dog at a time. And then, you know, our very first helping paw client who needed help walking her dog. 
and then it grows from there. So it is organic and it seems daunting if people compare themselves to us. You know, we've been around for 13 years and we have 1,300 volunteers. Where am I going to find 1,300 volunteers? Exactly. Well, we don't, you find don't one. need that. Um, Just find so Monica one. and I are actually have been uh, thinking about doing a Zoom virtual conference next year if we can find the time to do that, where we can invite people to come and ask us questions about how to get started. And really it's, you know, one person at a time and then you grow up from there. And once people start to hear what you're doing, that's what happened for us was we had no idea that the support was gonna be so great once the word got out about what we were doing and more and more volunteers came and people wanted to support what was happening. And the need was also much greater than we had anticipated when we started. We started thinking we were gonna be this very small organization. We're not huge now, but we've definitely grown beyond what we originally had imagined. Yeah, I was going to ask, how has it evolved or changed or has there been any, people talk about mission drift as a bad thing, but sometimes mission drift is really a pivot to, we thought we were needed here, but we're actually needed there, or we're expanding to serve this population in addition to what we thought we were serving. So how has your focus or mission evolved since you first got your 501c3? I would say that it really hasn't changed that much. We've pretty much stayed with this mission. There's such a need for it. It's such a niche. So we haven't changed that. What we did change is during COVID, the needs changed in that there weren't as many dogs in the shelters and not as many people were surrendering dogs directly to us. So that was interesting. So we weren't doing the rescue side. We were still doing the rescue side, but a much lower level just because the need wasn't there. But what was very much needed was our helping paw program. People were staying at home, they were getting out of uh, losing jobs, and they didn't have the money to pay for vet care. So we shifted during COVID time to doing much more helping paw, much more financial assistance, and helping in any way we could there through our vet clinic. And so that's what we did. And then now, after the two years of COVID, it's all shifted back to tons of dogs needing rescue. And so we kind of are, are kind of the half and half thing now, the helping paw as well as the, the rescue. A moment ago, I mentioned 501c3. The thought of doing that paperwork could be daunting for someone who's never started one before. It's not that difficult because there's all kinds of online resources. It's just a little time consuming because you have to come up with bylaws and, and all of that. But back to having volunteers, having a network. You find someone who's used to doing paperwork or is a paralegal or an attorney, they can help you with that. Starting a 501c3 is not expensive. It's simple to set one up, but I wouldn't say easy because again, there's some work to be done. But then once you do that and have that in place, you have the protections of a 501c3 and the advantage of being able to take donations. So that might be a good step for someone to set that up. But also you don't have to be a 501c3 to walk someone's dog. You don't have to be a 501c3 to uh, give somebody a bag of dog food. So you can uh, get started that way, just helping out in your community, finding organizations that you mentioned senior groups make referrals, connect with a senior center or a senior group, and just get started volunteering on your own without setting up the 501c3. 
as you find others with similar interests, then maybe put together a board, take the leap, do what uh, Carrie and Monica have done. You don't have to do it the same way, but you can apply what has been uh, validated. There's certainly proof of concept <laughs> that what you're doing is <laughs> important and is doable. Yeah, very, very yes, good. Point. And uh, piggybacking on, on something that Carrie said that we were thinking of doing an online Zoom training. Up until now, we have been trying to help anybody who contacts us wondering about how they can start it or what steps they can take. And we are more than willing to share our expertise, our experience, and any forms because any nonprofit like this has a lot of forms, adoption forms, volunteer applications. I mean, just it just goes on and on. And we rather people not spend the time reinventing all that and really get down to the work and they instead they could start with with a volunteer application and then just modify it to what might work best for their area we do want to share that as much as we can yes you've already done a lot of the legwork gone through the growing pains that will allow someone else to hit the ground running i will link of course to your website in the description but i'll also link to your social media of course someone can contact you through the website but also Following Peace of Mind Dog Rescue through social media will help alert you to when the Zoom seminar is offered, and you can learn directly from Carrie and Monica and their colleagues, but also just following them on social media is going to expand their reach. It's going to get more exposure. It's going to help them show up in other people's feeds So even if you aren't in the California area, even if you're never going to start your own peace of mind style of volunteer organization, just following it on social media is going to help them. And of course, people can donate to peace of mind. Uh, I would love to have you donate to Rosie Fun, but my feeling is it's all going into the same pot. Whether the check says, peace of mind, or rosy fund, you're helping animals, you're helping people, you're helping save each other. So make a donation if you feel called to do so by, by what you've heard Carrie and Monica share today. Any other uh, advice or lessons from doing peace of mind dog rescue that you think it's important for our listeners to hear? One thing that we haven't specifically talked about is our perpetual care program. And so the perpetual care program is our way of educating people and making them aware of making plans for what is going to happen to their dog if something were to happen to them. The more people who will do that, whether they leave the dog to peace of mind dog rescue or a family member or a friend or another rescue organization, those are dogs that now are not going to end up in the shelter system. If you provide, and if you have the means to provide a pet trust that goes with the dog in some States, those pet trusts are legal in other States, you need to put it in your will in California. People can set up an actual pet trust for their dog, just like they would their human children that will provide for the medical care or whatever else you want that to provide for your dog. And we have about 100 people now signed up for a perpetual care program. We do have people from all over the country signed up for perpetual care. If people have enough money 
to put into the, the care fund to provide for transportation so that if something were to happen to you, we can actually fly out and get your dog and transport them back. People have done that. And uh, most of the perpetual care registrants are local people, but we want people to really think ahead so that dogs who are in loving, wonderful homes don't all of a sudden end up in the shelter, end up being put down, displaced because something has happened to their human. I will link directly to that page on your website in the description so people can go right to that. Dogs are so much a part of our family. And I know with the dogs we've had, people would tease us the way we treated them like children. (laughs) And so many people do with uh, birthday parties and the clothes they buy and the, the trips we take them on and all of that. But then fall short with, if this actually was your child and something happened to you, you probably have some sort of plan that there are godparents, you have a will, you have things in place. With your dog, I think there's a lot of assumptions that my friend whose dog that my dog plays with, they would probably take them. You can't put that burden on someone without actually having a discussion. And now that person has the food bills, the vet bills, it's a big ask. You're not just saying, hey, can you check in on my dog? Can you look after my dog for the weekend? It's, are you going to take care of my dog for the rest of their life? So estate planning or the perpetual care program, so important. Don't take for granted that you will always be there for your dog. You have a responsibility for that dog's well-being, and that extends beyond your life should you leave this earth before they do. So, yeah, that's a wonderful program. Something else that perhaps some of our listeners could model if they're looking to come up with an animal welfare cause in their community. Carrie, Monica, I, I'm just so impressed with what Peace of Mind Dog Rescue has done and how it's grown. And I, I know it's an inspiration for many of our listeners. And this is a pay it forward that they're going to follow your example hopefully and do something like this in their community so thank you for what you've done and thank you for being an inspiration and thank you for helping to tell this story on dog words thank you for having us yeah thank you so much i'm phil hatterman and you've been listening to dog words presented by rosie fund thank you to peace of mind dog rescue co-founders carrie broker and monica rua for joining us today Links to the organization's website and social media are in the description. If you're a dog owner, please check out the Perpetual Dog Care Program. The description also has links to any Dog Words episodes mentioned in this interview. Next time on Dog Words, Janet Coran introduces us to Antoine, an extraordinary shelter dog. A big thank you to alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires, including their concert schedule at thewires.info, and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Join Laurel and Sasha as they explore new music and delve into the inspiration behind each work as hosts of Sound Currents on 91.9 Classical KC. Click on the Sound Current links in the description for more information. Go to rosiefund.org to shop and get links to our social media. 
As always, please download, follow, rate, and share Dog Words. This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions via the contact form at rosiefund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor or a guest of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening to Dog Words, and remember, we save each other. Thank you.